Welcome to Starkey Soundbites. I'm your host, Dave Fabry, Starkey's Chief Innovation Officer. Now, it's the fall of the year. It's September, and we know that means like back to school. It means NFL football. And as a co-owner of the Green Bay Packers, I think this year they're going to surprise a few people. And it also may come as a surprise to people that there's a strong connection between falls in the aging population. And it's one of the leading causes of death in the aging population. And so it's with great pleasure that I have a, a, a good friend, Dr. Richard Gans, and a global expert in the area of hearing and balance on the call today to talk about Fall Prevention Awareness Week. I mean, at Starkey, we think that a fall is already too late, and we really want to avoid a fall whenever possible, but uh, it's no coincidence that Fall Prevention Week occurs just prior to the first day of fall. So, Richard, you know, it, it's, you know, we go back a long ways. We were friends in the previous millennium, uh, which ages me more than you. You've held up much better. Mm -hmm. But, uh, but it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Well, thank you. And yeah, we've been friends for like 25 years. We have indeed. Uh, early yep. days of, uh, of, of AAA, and we were on the board together. And, um, and now here we are. And, uh, and here we are with Fall Prevention Week. It is September 18th through the 22nd. I know this is a topic very near and dear to your heart. It's really uh, your passion. And you, you've been such a strong proponent of focusing, I think, for the audiologist. Now, most of the Soundbites listeners are hearing care professionals. Um, there are some patients that listen, but um, you've reminded me for many years that we have to talk about hearing and balance within the scope of practice for audiologists. And why is that so important? Why is it that you really have built your career around raising awareness for the importance of balance as it relates to falls, as it relates to the hearing and balance mechanism? Why is that so important? And what first really drew your interest in that area rather than diagnostics or hearing aids or electrophys? Well, actually, electrophys is a strong part of it yeah. because we're using ABR, we're doing ECOGS, OVEMP, CVEMP, rotary chair. You've got so, all the best acronyms. Yes, yes. yes. So it's... It, you you can't talk about balance without neurodiagnostics and electrophysiology. Um, my mother was my first professor. Hmm. So uh, I became a student of audio vestibular disorders at about age five mm -hmm. because my mother had intractable Meniere's disease. Hmm. And so from the time she was about 32 to the time she was 40, mm -hmm. she really lost a lot of the best years <clears throat> of an active lifestyle to um, vertigo. So her primary present <clears throat> presenting symptoms when she was between 32 and 40 was primarily vestibular rather than audio, or was it both? Yes, yes. So she was the classic predo. Yeah. Right. She knew when the when it was coming. Uh, and in fact, I was an only child. So it was the 1950s. Mm -hmm. Right. My dad's working. We owned a, like in those days, it was called package store, mm -hmm. you know, liquor, groceries in a little town called Newport, Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. 
And my mother knew that the storm was coming. Ears would feel full, mm. start to have the tinnitus. And we would prepare, like getting ready for a hurricane. Mm. She would get her, we'd get the ice, we'd get the smelling salts, not because she was going to pass out, but my mother intuitively knew about sensory integration. Yeah. So balance is the sixth sense. Yep. Right? Yep. yep. Five senses yep. balance. Yep. But when you have vertigo, there's only two ways to get rid of it: time or drugs. Mm -hmm. So what you would do with sensory integration is <clears throat> if I can't get rid of this, mm -hmm. I will raise all of these because the brain can only attend to the most noxious stimuli. Mm -hmm. So smelling salts, strong olfactory, ice, right? Mm -hmm. Proprioceptive, kinesthetic. And she would lay on the floor and you hold on to the legs of a table. Mm -hmm. And that gives you that proprioceptive somatosensory grounding. So I knew as a five and six year old, wow. what working with my mom through this, that if we increase these other sensory modalities, the vertigo wouldn't stop. But the what's called the vestibulo autonomic nervous system calmed down. That's diaphoresis, sweating, nausea, and emesis, also known as the vomit. Right. Mm -hmm. And so and then my father, years he had, he had otosclerosis. Hmm. So between my father with bilateral otosclerosis, you were destined to become an audiologist at a young and, age, you know. Yeah. And so I start out and it was in the early days. We're just hearing about ABR and ECOG. Well, I had already been a practicing audiologist. I said, you know what? I got to go get a PhD, right? Because mm -hmm. a master's degree, I, I don't know what I need to know. I got to go get me one of those pilot higher and deeper mm -hmm. degrees. Mm -hmm. So I heard about this little place in Ohio called The Ohio State. And at The Ohio State, all the top people in the world were there at that time. John Ferraro, um, Chuck Stockwell, Derek Dunn, um, David Lim, uh, Herb Boyer. So, I mean, it was yeah. Mecca. Yeah. So I went there to do animal research, learn electrophysiology, and basically never looked back. And so after finishing your PhD, what was next in line? Where was your, where was your first... Yeah, my best friend was getting a PhD from another very good school in the Big Ten called Purdue. Mm -hmm. And we decided we would go into practice together. He would specialize in hearing and hearing aids, and I would specialize in uh, VD patients. Mm -hmm. Vegan dizzy. Yes. yes. So we opened up in Miami. Or vestibular and, dysfunction patients. Yes. Thank you. Now, the vegan dizzy. Yes. And we opened up uh, 13 clinics. Mm -hmm. We were the largest private practice in the United States. Mm -hmm. We had 13 clinics from uh, West Palm Beach down into the Keys. Mm -hmm. Then we actually sold to 
in those days, it was called Herex, which is now, I guess, here USA. Mm -hmm. So we sold. Um, Alan went to law school. He became a, a nationally famous employment law attorney. We're still best friends, and he still handles uh, all of my employment law issues. I stayed on with the company for about a year and a half or two years uh, as their VP of whoop-de-doo. I, uh, I decided that I better go back out on my own. And in 1992, we moved to the west coast of Florida, and we opened up the American Institute of Balance. 30, 31 years ago. 31 years ago, it was I, it was my capstone yeah. for elementary school. <laughs> of and course, of course. That's how I was able to yes. get into yep. middle school at yep. such an early but age. you were in one of the highest regarded middle schools in the country, if I'm not mistaken. I was. Yes. Bleecker Junior High School, uh, right near the Whitestone Bridge in Queens. Yes. And so, so 31 years later... Um, would you have changed anything if you knew then what you know now? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Give me absolutely. to wit. Give me an example. Um, well, it's, it's anything, you know, hindsight is 2020. Sure. sure. I would have, um, I think learned not to be afraid Yeah. earlier yeah. in my youth. When I think some of that comes from the PhD training where you, you're taught to constantly question whether the yeah. approach that you've taken is yeah. the correct one. And, and it does tend to sometimes become a personality attribute yeah. of those of us yeah. who've gone through PhD programs. And, and then at the point you go, guess. you know what? Uh, and I've taught that both my kids happen to be attorneys, mm -hmm. but I basically taught them part of a lion, part of a lion. Mm -hmm. If you're going to live your life in fear of anything, it's no way to live. Yeah. Oh, what about OTCs? What about, oh, this one and that one? Everybody's trying to steal. Everybody, who moved my cheese, right? What's going on? Um, everybody's out there to do something bad to me. And the late Bob Oliveria, who was quite brilliant from Comply, remember Bob? I know him well. I, just, him well. Yeah. I used to say to him, Bob, what's the secret? Focus, focus focus. And that's what he always did. He always said it like that. Yep. Focus, focus, focus. Well, and that and, really characterizes, I think, what you've been able to accomplish for 31 years by yeah. following that advice and really yeah. focusing on vestibular and, and, and dizzy patients within the and, overall uh, hearing yeah. and balance portfolio. And I learned to open my arms to everyone. Mm -hmm. I'm a life member of ASHA. I'm a life member of AAA. We have a huge corporate membership with ADA. Mm -hmm. I'm a research scientist member of AAO in head and neck surgery. Mm -hmm. I'm a research scientist member of the American Academy of Neurology. Mm -hmm. I open my arms to everyone because this, the old saying, Dave, as you know, if you're the smartest one in the room, you're Find a better room. room. Yeah, you're in the wrong room. So, so this idea that as an HIS, an audiologist, an MD, a DO, an MOUSE, whatever you think you are, you're not. Right. So let's and dive so, in on that a little more yes. then. So with 
uh, the, the, the fall prevention week. What is it that you see is, should be the focus during this week that hearing care providers, as you said, uh, physicians, audiologists, hearing instrument specialists, what should they be considering? It falls within Healthy Aging Month in September. And then Absolutely. And let me, Talk let me a little tell bit about that. Listeners. While I was building up the largest medical audiology practice in America in the 80s, mm -hmm. guess what else? Ken Dahlberg was a friend of mine. Mm -hmm. I had one of the first Miracle Air franchises in the country. I also operated hearing aid dispensing out of six Macy stores hmm. in South Florida hmm. out of the optical department. Everybody has a role to play. Everyone. Because if you're seeing older adults, gravity always works. Gravity always wins. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. And remember, it's the audio vestibular system. What I like to talk about is the cochlea and your vestibular system is like a duplex. Mm -hmm. The cochlea is a flat. It's a rather simple place. <laughs> the vestibular system attached to it is like a townhouse. You have downstairs, you have upstairs. Downstairs is the otolith system. That's your gravity detector. Upstairs, you have the semicircular canals right, yep. which are your velocity detectors. So this is a duplex, right? If, you're, if your townhouse isn't getting electric, your flat may not be getting electric. Mm -hmm. If the plumbing is bad in your flat, the plumbing might be bad in your townhouse. Mm -hmm. They share a blood supply. Yep. They, supply they, they share the same type of fluids. They share the exact time type hair cells, right? Diabetes, hypertension, uh, metabolic syndrome, right? Um, any kind of connective tissue disorders, neurologic conditions, Parkinson's, MS, I mean, uh, migraine. It just goes on and on and on. So if you are a healthcare provider, from HIS to a neurotologist, mm -hmm. you're in the game. Right. And, and, you and as you said, uh, these conditions, the balance and hearing conditions don't occur in a vacuum. They're comorbid no. with each other. If you have a hearing loss, can, to continue that duplex uh, metaphor a little longer, if you have a hearing loss, um, it's, it's, you're in elevated risk by three times, even with a mild degree of hearing loss, of falls. And... and what we find, Dave, is that 30% of patients who come in for dizziness, vertigo, or imbalance, 30% undiagnosed, yeah. untreated, aidable, mm -hmm. bilateral sensory neural hearing loss. So what we recommend to our folks, you know, we... we, we license or operate 150 clinics right. in 39 states, audiologists, ENTs, neurologists, and we have some HIS owners sure. like Madison Levine. Yep. She was on in, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. We have a number of, of these folks who have pivoted yeah. what was originally a 
retail model hearing aid dispensary and have pivoted to include a more medical model. Expand on that a little bit more. I mean, talking about retail versus a more medical model in terms of the emphasis and what opportunities that might provide it, for those huge. who are, are fearful of disruptions. You talked about a number of disruptors, but it, you know, talk about that because I think that's a very important and insightful it, comment. You, you have to be forward thinking about how do I position myself? Mm-hmm. How do I brand myself in this market mm-hmm. so that people don't see me as just an alternative, how do I build a brand in my market that says, you know what, I'm a little special. I've got a little something extra. We're going to give you, when you come to us, we have a plan of care. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's your cognitive function, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe you're going to use, you know, a a cognitive use screening. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're going to do... Even if you don't have a big balance lab, do a little stepping Fukuda test, mm-hmm. do a little GAN sensory organization test, mm-hmm. do something. Well, or if they come in and say, I've got positional vertigo, treat them for BPPV, do something for them. Yeah, well, you know that this is a topic that's been near and near, near and dear to my heart since my days at, at Walter Reed or at Mayo or Miami. Vestibular has always been an area that I think has been uh, underutilized, underappreciated, and yet I saw very early on when BPPV became a, a part of the landscape. It was an area where audiologists, hearing care professionals, can actually treat patients um, if they have BPPV. I- exactly, and and by by you know, expand on that a little bit more by putting them through the the canalith repositioning maneuvers. Yeah, so you know we I, I just did this for the South African. Uh, private practice group. Mm-hmm. What what we like to talk about is crawl, walk, run. I'm not telling you to be the next AIB. Mm-hmm. But could you have a $2,000 video goggle, which, by the way, is reimbursable. Mm-hmm. You have CPT codes. Mm-hmm. Could you do a little screening assessment? So if somebody comes in and they go, oh, you know, I I almost didn't come in today. I I had a fall, but I'm feeling a little better. You can't just say, well, be careful. You can even use the steady protocol, the three questions. You know, have you fallen? Do you in the past year, do you worry about falling or do others? I think the third one is do others. uh, Are they concerned about your falling? And if you if you say yes to one of those questions, you're at an elevated risk. And you know that this has been. A, a topic that has been near and dear to Starkey's heart for the last five years when we introduced uh, the first uh, hearing aid that could enable a trusted contact to receive text messages in the un- hopefully unlikely event of a fall so that none of us want to be that old woman from the 80s who fell on the floor and said, I've fallen and can't get up. And so even looking at just approaching it with those patients who are at risk for falls, maybe using the steady protocol questions and, and enabling that feature. I, I can't tell you how many hearing care professionals who also happen to have a hearing loss said, ah, I, you know, falls are just for old people and I don't turn that feature on and then they suffer to fall while they were wearing the devices and then all of a sudden they recognize this can happen yep. to anyone. Absolutely. Um, and it's, it's 
it, it's it, when I say preventable within reason. Yeah. As I said, gravity always works. Gravity always wins. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I think it is important um, to have fall prevention week occur before fall, uh, because, you know, that's an area that we're continuing to work on in the sense of really a fall detection feature is fantastic. And we've heard that it provides peace of mind to family members to enable that feature. So in the hopefully unlikely event that the loved one falls, they receive the alerts. But if they fall, they break their hip. It starts often, as you know better than I, that yeah, downward spiral. And, yep. um, and really, I think the issue in the long run is to have the discussions for those professionals say, what do I do as part of this fall prevention week? Have the conversations with patients, bring in, think about the duplex rather than just the standalone hearing part of this. Think about hearing and balance, whether you just use an informal protocol. You mentioned some of the tests that can be done. If you say, well, that's more than I can accomplish, the $2,000 pair of goggles, um, they can ask the three questions. They can talk about considering devices that have a fall detection feature, but then where do you see this going in the future? How do we, how do we prevent falls before they occur? Well, one of the things is educating primary care doctors mm -hmm. um, and also ENT. So for example, um, many of our friends in otolaryngology um, have become the gatekeeper mm -hmm. for patients with balance conditions. But now we happen to do, we have 32 locations with uh, some of the largest ENT practices in the country. Mm -hmm. And we're now getting ENTs and audiologists to recognize that this is an extremely valuable, important part of your practice, right? So if the patient is, if, if, if the patient doesn't feel validated, Patient comes into you, and you know I was dizzy. I, you know, I fell once, but my wife is worried about me. And if that patient doesn't get validated, right. why would they come back to you for their hearing, their nose, their throat, anything else? Well, I think you raise such an important issue, uh, such an important point within many healthcare environments where there is audiologists, <laughs> ENTs, uh, many patients. Uh, regard dizzy patients and patients with tinnitus um, with some apprehension because they know in many cases the diagnosis is very complex. It's often a diagnosis by exclusion rather than being able to go and do a blood test or some other definitive test with the exception of BPPV. But, but it, that point of validation, when people are, are saying they're worried about this disruptor, whether it's OTC or big box or this or that or the other thing, I ask them uh, not only what's their revenue per hour requirement, but you know, are they really afraid of engaging with the patient and understanding hearing and balance their auditory and non-auditory symptoms uh, and really validating them? I think you, you, the point about validation is so vital. The, the other thing is this idea that you can't make money in vestibular, hmm. it's fake news. Yeah. Of course you can. So if we do a full workup on a patient, takes 90 minutes, it's 100% reimbursable by Medicare. Which for, for many people, that will be something that can be another tool in their clinical tool belt to differentiate themselves in the community, 
to provide benefits to the patient, to consider the patient's overall health condition beyond just two ears that they're matching real ear measurement targets to, to consider how it is that it will impact that patient's life. And I would tell our friends in that are HIS and audiologists, mm -hmm. you know, if you look at the model of optometry, ophthalmology, and opticianry, many of them are business partners. Right. I would urge everybody to stop the animus and find a way to make a business together. Yeah. I don't think there you'll find many better situations than a doctor of audiology and a highly successful HIS business person, how to build something really special together where you have Almost just like you, you go into the best, best ophthalmology clinics. What do they have? They have an optometry department. They have an opticianry, right? Look at this. These are titanium frames mm -hmm. from Belgium. I pay $900 for these frames. That's without the prescription of a pro progressive prescription. But it, it took so... It, it took two people to make me happy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. It took yeah. the optometrist to get, I've got a progressive bifocal, mm -hmm. even though I'm much too young for you bifocal. Are. No, yeah. Genetic, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But it took a great optometrist to give me my progressive that made me happy. And then it took a great optician to find the frames that I liked and the fitting and the comfort and everything that goes with it. So really, if I have a message for your audience today, find ways to make business together. Well, it makes yeah, it, all it, the it, sense it, in the world. You raise that being open, and, and you truly have done that by, you, you mentioned a number of professional organizations where the members are often at odds with each other. We even fight within the same discipline, much less considering hearing instrument specialists and ENTs. How did I do this? I'm friends with everybody. Yeah. I'm I, friends with everybody. And you're not I build bridges. I don't burn them. Yeah. And one one of my one of my mentors said to me, only do what only you can do and delegate the rest. That's an easy thing to say. It's harder to do to have confidence, like you said, in terms of what your skill set is, how others may complement that but to have the confidence to know what you add value in and also not to want to control everything when you can partner with others who may, the optical example is a great one. You need, in the same way that we need to ensure devices are providing the acoustic benefits and the cosmetic benefits and the physical benefits of fitting comfortably, whether it's over the ear or in the ear devices. The, the analogy to glasses is the same. The best lenses and the corrections are great, but if the frames don't fit you or they slide down your nose, they're not going to give you the optimum benefit. And the, the, the other metaphor, means, think about the best restaurant you've ever been to. Mm -hmm. You have the back of the house, you have the house. Yeah. If you can, you can have Wolfgang Puck in the kitchen. Yes. If you don't have somebody managing that dining room yeah. or the bar, you're going to lose money. You're going to fail. Experience. Yeah. Well, this idea that only I can do it. Right. 
it, it's just, it's, it's really, I'm sorry, but it's a sophomoric view. And you'll never see anyone that's accumulated real success in anything that is able to say that I did it all myself. You so, just can't. So with that, and we're, we're just about out of time. Good, because I have nothing else to say. You have say. nothing else to say, but what I want you to do is to give one or two or three tidbits for people listening who haven't really considered about balance in the manner of, you know, I always say balance is like, uh, you know, it, it's often an afterthought when people are focused on hearing and adding balance. You've, you've provided us with the analogy of the duplex. You've provided us with being open to different people with skill sets who are different than what we have in partnering, unlikely partnerships. But give me one or two, three things that uh, are people listening today within the context of Fall Prevention Week. What can they do to, uh, to, to uh, celebrate this, if you will? Read, read, read. So go to dizzy.com. It's all free. There's nobody selling anything. Dizzy.com forward slash research. You can download 50, 60 of our articles, papers, then also on the website, Dr. Gans blog, Dr. Gans blog. You can Gans watch G A N S for those who yep. live under a rock and don't know how to spell <laughs> your name. You can, you can um, watch 50 or 60 video case studies of from infants to geriatrics, everyone, and just start to watch it and see if it interests you. Mm -hmm. And then start to say, well, you know, I, I think I could do that. No, that's not so hard. I mean, how long would it take? Three minutes or five minutes to screen somebody? But just, just think when somebody comes in with a hearing loss, aren't you asking them about their vision? You should, mm -hmm. because people do use visual cues if you don't want to call it lip reading or speech reading. But it's clear that when people can see the speaker, those visual cues help understanding. So why not, when the person comes into you, look at them more holistically. Look at a human being yes. and not just two earlobes. Completely agree. And and you mentioned a number. I mean, there's comorbid conditions between hearing and balance. I said a mild loss, three times the risk. It elevates uh, even more as you have greater degrees of untreated hearing loss. You talked about um, cardiovascular disease earlier. Uh, we know the recent uh, results uh, that were published from the ACHIEVE findings show yep. strong comorbidity. I know a lot, of, a lot of professionals were disappointed with the overall lack of effect in the aging population. But I think what I immediately gravitated to was that group of individuals, aging individuals who also had elevated cardiovascular risk factors, thinking about the patient as the whole, yeah. uh, in a holistic sense, all had yeah. improvements, dramatic improvements when they wore hearing aids versus the control yeah. group. And it's really just emphasizing treating the entire patient. Yeah. Hearing care yeah. is healthcare. And, yeah. uh, you know, let it, it's not an isolation. As a, I would say, let your client, customer, patient, whatever you like to call them, see you as a healer and not in a transactional yeah. relationship. 
Because transactional relationships are easy to disrupt. Right. And remember, cost is only an issue in the absence of value. Exactly. And you have to add value with every interaction you make. And adding value is, it cannot be commoditized. Caring can't be commoditized, we say. And Absolutely. so caring about the entire patient. And so I think we'll leave it there. Um, and I, I thank you very much for participating in this session during Fall Prevention Week. Thank you for your dedication to working with patients in the field. In the U.S., you mentioned over 150, I think you said, yes, locations, but also United you're international. States. You're, you're yep. Mr. Worldwide. I yeah, mean, we I have know. AIB India. Yep. Our workshops are available in English, Spanish, and Mandarin soon to be Brazilian Portuguese. Fantastic. I thank you for your passion and your commitment to working with patients who have balance issues. And to our listeners, we thank you for listening to this, ep enduring this episode of Starkey Soundbites with Richard and my sense of humor. Uh, if you enjoyed this conversation, please rate us and review us on your preferred podcast platform. Share it with your colleagues, your network, Share it with uh, some of your competitors. I mean, uh, we really want to see this focus on collaboration. I think that Richard uh, really discussed within this context, central to uh, Fall Prevention Week. And uh, if you have other ideas as to topics that we consider in the show in the future, please email us at soundbites at starkey.com. Thank you for listening and for viewing, and we look forward to hearing and seeing you again in the future.